Welcome to the Jason Wright Show. I am so glad you're here for a very special episode of the Jason Wright Show. So today I'm sitting down with Summer Tennyson. Summer Tennyson, she has just launched a podcast called For the One and For the One Listening. This is a podcast where Summer is going to be exploring the challenges that young women face today. Summer just graduated from the University of Alabama. She's a longtime friend of my daughters, Rylan and Abby. And so it's been a lot of fun getting to watch her go from uh, the little girl in pigtails to this remarkable young woman that she has blossomed into. And to watch what she's doing uh, now is uh, is really, really exciting. And to get to serve as a mentor to her, first of all, it makes me feel kind of old. But secondly, it makes me feel incredibly honored. And so today, Summer and I just sat down and talked about some of the counterfeit options that are presented to young women these days, uh, especially as they finish high school and they go off and they're in college and and society is it pressures them to um, to act in certain ways, do certain things, pursue certain endeavors that really don't line up with who a woman is called to be. And uh, and so I get Summer's take on that. And let me tell you something. Uh, at 21 years old, she is definitely wise beyond her years. And fathers, if you are out there and you have daughters, if you have sons, this is a great episode for them as well. But, but particularly uh, for fathers or moms that have daughters, I think this is an incredible episode for them to listen to. And for you, a parent, if you are a prospective parent, a current parent, if you want to kind of hear some real transparent and authentic commentary on what these young adults are facing today, Summer gives it. She is, uh, she is very transparent. She is very honest. And as I stated earlier, she's wise beyond her years. So this was a fun conversation. Again, it was an honor for me to get to sit down with Summer and that she would trust me enough to come on to the Jason Wright Show and share her story and what she's doing with you, the Jason Wright Show audience. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you are having a fantastic holiday season. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this show with Summer Tennyson, host of the brand new podcast, For the One and For the One Listening. Enjoy. All right, so I just pushed record. Awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Jason Wright Show, Summer. Thank you very much. All right, so this is so funny because, first of all, I have known you since you were like, this tall, which, you know, you've always been tall, but, <laughs> yeah. but even by, even by your standards, mm -hmm. that's, it's been so long. And mm -hmm. so just graduated from the university of Alabama, just started your own podcast, which I'm so excited to talk about today. And just, you know, congratulations on everything you've got going on, You're going to do an internship in DC. Yep. I mean, girl, you are crushing it. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm very proud of you and I'm so excited to have you on the show today to talk about your show. And so let's just start there. Yeah, let's do it. Why did you decide you wanted to, not just the podcast, because you, you're basically creating a content machine, which I'm very proud of you. And I'm so, and, and thank you so much for letting me be a small little cheerleader and part of it. It's, it's so fun for me to help you with that. So tell me what kind of, what was it on your heart that made you decide mm -hmm. to start creating the type of content and tell these listeners mm -hmm. what kind of content you are creating. Sure, sure. So to begin, Mr. Wright, or should I say Jason? Is that okay? Please. You're all grown up now, Summer. You're all grown up. Thank you. 
Jason was actually one of the main factors of why I started a blog, a podcast, why I had the courage to even step out on social media because stepping out is definitely the key word for someone my age. No one wants to be the different person on their Instagram. But it's it's funny when you do step out, people listen and people care. So in August, we were at Jason's daughter's Ryland's graduation dinner and we were all just talking and everything. And, you know, he brought up past the internship. What do you want to do? And all those things. And I was like, you know, I don't really know. I, you know, I have all these dreams. I, I want to maybe go into ministry. I want to do A, B, and C, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to get there. And he's like, okay, well, let's do A, B, and C. Like he just gave me this list of just things I could think about, like starting a blog and YouTube channel and all these things. And so of course I got kind of scared and I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I can't step out like that. Like my Instagram is, you know, very me. It's very kind of Texas girl. Like I've never really talked about my faith that openly on social media. I do in person, of course, but on social media, it's a whole nother bird because you just have so many people there, I guess. And, you know, I prayed about it. I thought about it and I just started writing. I just started writing and it's just these things just kept coming to me and like the Lord just showed me over and over again, look what I've done in your life. Look how you can do the same for other people by what God has shown me, you know, like about sex, about dating, about lifestyle changes, about alcohol. I mean, the list goes on what God has shown me in the past, particularly two years, but really since um, the end of my freshman year was really the biggest change in my faith. But going into my junior year of college was when I said, okay, I've got to get real about this and get real about my life. And that's really really when I fell in love with Jesus was going into my junior year. But so all that being said, now I have a blog that's just called Summer's Blog. (laughs) I wasn't really sure what to call it. So it's just my blog. And then I have a podcast called For the One and For the One Listening, meaning for the Lord and then for the listener, for you. Please go listen to it. And it'd be, it'd be awesome. So. Well, yeah. you, the thing is, you have a natural gift for communication, which I think is Thank one you. of the things that I'm so glad to see you using that mm-hmm. gift that mm-hmm. you have. Now, you mentioned it was around your junior year mm-hmm. that you decided to get real. So what did getting real mean? And what, okay, so if there's something that's real, that means yeah. that there was probably something that was counterfeit before, either to your personality, yes. to your spirit, oh, to yes. who you were. So. Yeah. What kind of give us the an understanding of the contrast between whatever was not authentic and real, and then how that transitioned into something real? What did the the um, the counterfeit look like that you were buying into maybe for totally, a little while? Okay, totally. what, what did that look like? So I grew up in a Christian school, Christian home, Christian church, but I wasn't a Christian. I was religious. It's funny. I like did most of the things, you know, I was like, I'll drink, I'll, you know, kind of dabble in some drug use here and there, but I I won't, I know, I'll just say, I don't care. (laughs) Oh, but I won't have sex. I won't do that. But of course I'll push the lines. And I just, I, I, I lived this like kind of Christian, kind of secular lifestyle really until that point. And that point going to my junior year was a breaking point for me. So I was home um, in Tyler, Texas, and working an internship. It was brutal. Like, I mean, the the work was was fine. It wasn't anything about the job. It was more about my time in my life during that time. Just just family issues, body image issues. Oh, 
guy issues, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. And it was like everything was just in one moment. And it, it broke me. It broke me. I saw that I focused so much on what I looked like that I didn't even, like, I, I didn't even care what my soul looked like. And I was like, I'm a Christian. I don't, I don't, I don't get this. So I started listening to podcasts. Uh, one that I love, I'm going to shout them out, Passion City Church, D.C. I actually plan on going there in January, which is so, so cool how <laughs> God does stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I had no idea to be going to D.C. to do this point. But anyway, so <laughs> that that podcast really changed my life. And I, I started falling in love with Jesus. I started caring about what the Bible has to say. I started caring about truth and not just my own truth. Right now, the hot topic is live your truth. Just live to be happy. Oh, my gosh. Stop. Stop <laughs> doing that, listeners. Stop. Like your your point of being your point of life is not for yourself. It is because the Lord put you there for a reason. You're made to be an image bearer for Christ. You're made to make his name known. In my entire life, I only live for me. And it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. I was in this anxiety pit of just self-indulgence, self, um, self-love, self-worship that drove me to a place of just being like, is this all there is? And I had to get real. And so I basically stopped going to the gym for like a month. I was meal prepping. I was doing all these things, but I was gaining weight. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally I was doing all the right things. I lost, okay. Well, sorry, a little backstory. I lost 50 pounds my senior year of high school because I hated how I looked. I hated that I was tall. I hated everything. So I want to change I want, I want to change myself, and I did, and it's funny. You can lose 50 pounds, and think you still have to lose 50 more. Sure. It's like there's just no there's no stop button. So anyways, junior year going into junior I'm sorry, I, I still was in that mindset of what, what can I do better? What can I change? And I was literally gaining weight. I, oh, it was just this awful time. I wasn't sleeping. So one night, one night, I was getting in bed at like 7.45, I would get up at 445 to go to the gym for work. And I was in bed. It was maybe 7 p.m., just exhausted. But I couldn't sleep. Couldn't sleep. I laid there for a few hours, just just restless. Mm -hmm. Finally, it was like 11 p.m. maybe, and I started getting really anxious and, and frustrated and just not understanding what was wrong. So I went downstairs and told my mom, I was like, Mom, like I I can't sleep. I gotta get up in five hours. Like, what's going on? And she looks at me, she goes, Summer, what's on your heart? Mm. And I was just like, well, I have to get up in the morning. That was on my heart. <laughs> I have to, I have to work out. I have to eat these things. And blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, okay. Why don't we go in the living room and just pray? Mm. And I was like, okay, I'll pray, whatever. And so we get in there and we kind of, you know, she, she prays over me. And of course my heart is in it. And so I walk back upstairs, just still frustrated. And it's now like 2 a.m. at this point. I start crying. So I'm just like, Lord, what is wrong with me? I actually start praying. And the Lord, the Lord speaks. He really does. I think we like to live in an age where God doesn't speak anymore. Mm -hmm. And he does all the time, sure. all the time. And right, right during that time where I was just, I was just crying and just in this place of distress and anxiety, I asked God, what is going on? And he said, set your alarm to a time where you would not work out in the morning. 
And I was like, fine. So I said, screw it. I set my alarm literally out loud. I go, screw it. I guess to God, I don't awful, but I did. I said, screw it. I switched my alarm and I fell asleep like that instantly. I instantly fell asleep. Wow. I mean, that's no, you know, coincidence. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's God. So after that, I was like, okay, this is real. And I just started pursuing the Lord every day. And yeah, that was the beginning. So it's interesting that you, that I think you, there's probably more nuggets of wisdom in there than you even realize. First of all, you mentioned something that a lot of people say whenever they find out that you're a Christian, you're a believer. They say, oh, you're very religious. I'll never forget one time when I was in Mm. graduate school, (laughs) this guy, and I don't even know how he knew it because Mm. I was not like when I was at SMU, it's not like I was walking around. I did start a Bible study, like our final session of our, of our two year program. But before that, I was just, mm-hmm. I was just being me. But one guy came up to me and he said, Hey Jason, I know you're really religious. And I'm like, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, that but they, <laughs> but people that are, that they, they find out that you're, whether you're Jewish or Christian or whatever, I think you're quote unquote religious. And which means that you're just following this legalistic rules, a set of rules and all this thing. So I think that, um, a lot for the, for the, listener out there understand the transformation that you went through. Mm. I think what that alarm clock issue was, was very symbolic of what the Christian life is. It's not religious at all. It's about freedom. It's yes. about becoming free from the th- the cares of yes. this world. It's about, yes. and, and that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand on this side of grace mm. that Jesus came to make it such that, and this mm-hmm. is where I want to, I want to tie into Whenever you describe falling in love with Jesus, I got to believe somebody out there that is hearing something like that for the first time, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. And so I want to get to that because what Jesus said was, you know, all things are permissible, but not all things are good for you. And that's what Paul said, which mm-hmm. was the, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so it was basically to set us free from all this, thou shalt this and thou shalt not, but instead you'll, you will do the right things because that becomes the desire of your heart because the desire of your heart becomes to be like Christ. And so, mm-hmm. so as you have gone from this more of a, I would say a secular social Christian that is just the, the, the only part of your Christianity is some kind of a religious tenet that yes. it shows, Oh, well, I'm going to go to church on Easter and Sunday yeah. and I'm going to pray once in a while. I'm going to go to a Christian school and go to chapel on Wednesday, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, go Cougs. It's, <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Go Cougars, baby. Hey there, Gracers. And so, um, so, and, and you know, and the girls who you, you went to, to Grace with, I'm sure mm-hmm. you would say some, some similar things, um, to now this freedom, it's where, okay, I'm, I'm setting myself free. I'm not setting the alarm to get up and go to church. And instead, I'm just going to start to understand the personality yes. of Jesus. Yes. So falling in love with Jesus, mm-hmm. what is, what is it about? What is it about this guy that you like so much, Summer? <laughs> oh man, oh, I love this. I love this. So, first things first, to even be able to get your heart in the place where you can actually fall in love with your Creator is removing the distraction. And Friends, how do you do that tactically? Oh, how, do you, how does that work? I'm okay. gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. Awesome. Friends out there that still have Snapchat and you're in your 20s, oh, gosh, delete it. Delete it. <laughs> I mean. Come on. That's just one thing for me specifically. If you don't struggle with that, props to you. But for me specifically, I just deleted the distractions. I mean, I was always like, TV wasn't a huge thing for me. But, you know, just feeling 
filling your time with things that are not of God that also don't improve you anyway. Like talking to, let's say, 10 guys on Snapchat, um, just sending pictures back and forth, no real conversation, to deleting Snapchat, having that time. You're like, oh, wait, I actually have time to read my Bible. I'm not just focused on my phone all the time. It's just, it's, it's incredible. You, you, you remove a small thing like that and you had this like hour extra of time in a day mm-hmm. that you would have never thought you'd have. Mm-hmm. So realistically, remove those distractions that you know you don't need. For me, it was working out every morning for at least an hour, at least an hour, every morning except for Sunday, my, my, my religious Sunday, my <laughs> Sabbath. I mean, come on. Yeah. But I, that, that's, that's what I did. And it, it literally ran my body into the ground because I wasn't taking care of my body. I wasn't working out in the right ways. I mean, we can, that's a whole other bird, but going back to the, uh, the, the main discussion here is just really, we have so many distractions in our world. Social media is so loud. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Oof. It's so loud. It's so loud. And if you can't shut it off, if you I literally need that dopamine hit, mm-hmm. mm, yep. you are taking time away from life that you could find so much more enjoyment in. Even if you're not a Christian, there is more to life than your phone. Mm-hmm. And I know I sound old school, but y'all, I'm 21. I'm not old school. Mm-hmm. I just did this and it worked. Yeah. So that, that, that was the first step of where I could really get my heart to a place of loving Jesus was removing distraction. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that people hear is a term that, you know, God is a jealous God. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like what we, we think of like being jealous of a spouse or something mm-hmm. like that, that's you know, talking to another dude. And I think that's whenever, you know, the, the biblical description of, or what he's the, I guess what that's meaning is, is that it's like, I just want your attention because I really love spending time with you and, and getting to know me. And, and I think that's one of the things that uh, a lot of this is deliberate, I think, uh, as far as distracting our minds. Mm-hmm. So especially with TikTok, and I think there's a lot of talk going on about that mm-hmm. right now, that there's probably some nefarious um, mm-hmm. moves being made to yes. try to capture yes. uh, young people and just and, and adults as well's attention. And it's, isn't it crazy how when you open up that space, beyond just your spiritual life, Mm -hmm. but just whenever you can sit alone with your thoughts and really start to find deeper meaning in this life, Mm -hmm. how enjoyable that is. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed this? So one of the things, I mean, like this podcast, my writing and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. that is where I get, that's my fun. And it doesn't cost much. I don't have to go, I don't have to go pay to have fun. And that's Mm -hmm. when I was just reading in, um, I think it was either in uh, in, in uh, Mahaley uh, Csikszentmihalyi's book on flow. He's kind of the godfather of flow. It's either his book or mm-hmm. Stephen Kotler's book, uh, one of Stephen Kotler's books, um, Stealing Fire, that he wrote with Jamie Wills. One of those two where they talk about how most Fortune 500 CEOs are highly successful people. Mm-hmm. They They get to a point where they don't buy a lot of fun anymore. The people that have the most, the the highest happy scores and joy scores. No, it was mm-hmm. th- that's what it was. Excuse me, it was Brendan Burchard's um, highly effective habits. Okay. okay, and he would, and he he said that most people that rank highest on the happy index, they their their happiness comes from 
experiences like reading, writing, mm-hmm. uh, exercising, but in a healthy way, not mm-hmm. in some neurotic, I've got to, I'm trying to overcome, I'm trying to reach perfection. Mm-hmm. And they, they, the people that were the most successful that were like for them, they bought their happiness. They had a mm-hmm. ton of money and they go spend it on toys, cars. And all they usually ranked lower than those who, you know, practice uh, actual experiences. And I think that what you've discovered is, you know, yeah, it's cool whenever you can start to just really get alone with yourself yes. and understand, right? Yes. And then, of course, now look at the, the creative outlet that you've created with mm-hmm. your content. It's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's totally it. That's totally it. So what I've noticed a lot mm-hmm. with regard to, and now I'm going to sound like the old fart. You, All right. Sorry. You, you, you kids these days. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's, it really scares the hell out of me. Okay. I mean, look, okay. I was right on the edge. You know, I didn't have my first iPhone, I think, until 2010. Okay, so, and, and I, I got it because I was on city council, and that's what the city gave the council, and, and I never used it. It wasn't until mm-hmm. a few years later that mm-hmm. I actually started using sh- social media. And, uh, and now I use it for the podcast and stuff like that to, to get the message out. But I think about being your age and the way you and Ryland and Abby, you came up through high school mm-hmm. with essentially more, um, more computing power in the palm of your hand than was available to launch Apollo 11, yep. the entire space center. You held it in the palm of your hand. And also you had this Pandora's box of just uh, some good and then a mm-hmm. lot of bad. Mm-hmm. Girls that are preparing to you know go back four years, you just finished mm-hmm. your four-year college run. Mm-hmm. You've had this revelation. What can girls do to start to prepare that are seniors in high school mm-hmm. And they're about to go off and you went to you know, University of Alabama. I mean, that's, you had, you were exposed to people from all over the world, mm-hmm. all over the country. Mm-hmm. How can they start right now? And if, if you were advising, instead of me being the mentor, let's mm-hmm. say you're now the mentor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What do you tell that girl to prepare her mind and her spirit as she yeah. enters the college life? Yeah, I would tell 100% the senior in high school to get a journal and I need you to write every day just your feelings because during that time of mega transition, I mean, one of the, probably the most transitional phases of your life, high school to college, you're going to be told a lot of things that you should do. You should look this way. You should post this. You should date this type of guy. You should have this much sex, whatever it be. If you're a follower of Christ, and even if you're not, even if you're not, I hope you are. If someone is out there that's, that's not, I mean, please DM me. Let's let's please chat. Um, but if you're a follower of Christ or not, buy a journal, write your feelings every day, and just it, it doesn't even have to be this uh, long monologue. It can just be what you're feeling that morning. Start your day with quote unquote, a quiet time. I kind of hate that because that sounds so religious. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just spending time in a quiet place. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it was awesome. I lived alone this semester, which I was not planning on doing, but my last semester of college, the Lord blessed me with a lot of solitude that I didn't know I needed. Mm. So every morning after breakfast, I would sit in my favorite chair and just be with God. I would write, I would read the Bible, I would pray and that those those moments launched my day 
it just launched it. Like my spirit was just in tune with my body. My, my mind was in tune with my spirit. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible what <laughs> the Bible says is actually true. Spending time with God does renew your mind mm-hmm. in the best ways. So going back to the, uh, to the advice, even if you don't want to be a religious person, if you don't want to be in the word, whatever, spending that time just without your phone in the morning will propel your day and it will keep your ambition. It will keep your priorities in check because you're checking in with yourself every morning instead of letting the world check in with you. Wow. I love that. And one of the things is when the world does check in on you there, mm-hmm. the plans for this world for you are mm-hmm. much different than what you would probably want for yourself for the long haul. That's what exactly. I, Abby and I had that conversation whenever I was taking her back to the airport when she's home for Thanksgiving. And I, I told her, I said, you know, like she, like some of her values that she has are very traditional. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she was talking about how it, it just goes in the face of everything that society is telling her right now. Yes. And Abby's a pretty progressive girl. I mean, mm-hmm. from Tyler, you know, she's in CU Boulder. <laughs> uh-huh. She's in a whole uh-huh. different world than Tyler, uh-huh. Texas, right? And she said that it's almost like if she were to express that she wanted to do anything traditional, that the blowback. Oh, yeah from fellow girls and friends would be so harsh. And I said, we have to understand something. Society's values that are being pushed and promoted and amplified today are absolutely in contrast with any values that you have. Yes. The, the, the values that are being pushed yes. on you yes. are so different. Now you mentioned something there. I'm just curious. Okay. What do girls say? Because I'm very interested in this. If you listen to the podcast, you heard the the episode I did on sexual purity. Mm-hmm. I'm really diving in a, to a lot of the research on mm-hmm. relationships, marriage rates, mm-hmm. uh, the low birth rate in America. This whole uh, men and women have never been so more discombobulated. It's so weird. The more we encourage women to embrace behaviors yes. of men, and I don't mean transgender, I mean just acting like everything they've always mm-hmm. hated about men. So instead of the, the more that they take on the worst portions of men, like body count and how many men, yeah. how many men they yeah. sleep with and drinking and putting off marriage and career being mm-hmm. more important than family, the more they start to act like the traditional male that has always been kind of scorned and lampooned men and women are just falling apart. There's relationships are just kind of there. It, it seems like they're just not coming together. So, what do what is the type of guy that you're told to look for mm-hmm. when you go to when you're when you're 19 20 21 mm-hmm. what kind of what does that look like I was told since I'm tall I'm 62 for the people watching you can't tell us I'm sitting down but I'm 62 so I'm very tall I was told to find a tall guy that made money That's what I was told Okay can I tell you something Yes Okay so this is funny So Men, like mm-hmm. if you, if, if, if a man were to say, I want a woman who is thin mm-hmm. and beautiful. Oh, he's a chauvinist uh-huh. pig. Yep. He's an objectifier yes. and all that stuff. But do you realize that men, I mean, excuse me, women, and I didn't know this until I started digging into this research. So mm-hmm. listener, this is data. I don't have the actual numbers, but I just discovered this. Mm-hmm. Height is huge for you girls. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so I always, so, so then someone I was watching, uh, I think it was Pearl Davis. I was mm-hmm. talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. She was saying to one of the, these women on the podcast that mm-hmm. had been going on and on about how 
you know, she, and she was a very overweight girl, but she rated herself as a 10. You know, she was, you know, she had the self love down pat. And so mm -hmm. Pearl was saying, well, that's great that you do that. But when it comes to dating, mm -hmm. what about the men? She said, well, a man should accept me for this and all this. And she said, okay, but would you yeah. date a short guy? And she, all, it kind of stumped her. She's like, she was saying that she didn't want to date a short guy. And Pearl was like, okay, you can help the way you look. A short guy can't. Yeah. But, but, but if a girl says, I want a tall guy, no worries. If a guy says, I don't want a fat chick, then mm -hmm. he's an asshole. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, what is happening? So anyway, I just thought it was interesting. And then the money thing, it's yes. so crazy. It's like all these career opportunities are out there, but let me tell you something. Women do not like poor dudes. They mm -hmm. don't, and they sure don't like poor, short, fat dudes just by the data. <laughs> If you are short, uh -huh. poor, and fat, you're you're screwed. You're done. Sorry, you're guys. You're done. You're probably going to be an incel, and it's sad, you know. And so, but but there's no one. And, and so anyway, yeah. I, I can go to a whole tangent oh, about that because I there's know. because Nike's not making any any mannequins of short, fat no. male athletes <laughs> that look like they probably don't have enough money to buy Nikes, but they're making fat, you know, female yes. models because like, yes. hey, it's okay and. It's just, it's, it's crazy. The difference. Okay. Yes. So they tell you to look for a tall guy that makes a lot of money mm -hmm. and kind of what else are the characteristics? And then, then kind of feel free to segue into the type of man that you ultimately would like to find. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. kind of the yeah, world's sure, view of what sure, you need sure, to look sure. for. And then what's summer's actual. Sure. Sure. The, the worldview for sure for me was tall, wealthy, go getter, nothing about spiritual life. Nothing. And that that's really about it that mm. the world fed me all my years. I'll say this. My my family was always like, find a good Christian guy. Yep. But okay, what does that look like? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Not not hitting on my family at all. I'm just saying that in itself isn't talked enough about in the church. Mm -hmm. Dating isn't talked enough about in the church. Agree. But anyways, specifically for me, those who don't know, I'm single, and I've been very single for almost exactly a year. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about haven't even talked, quote-unquote, to anyone in over a year because of God. Mm. I, I didn't, I didn't want to be this single. Trust mm. me, Jason. Oh, mm. my gosh. Like, <laughs> I had moments where I was like, I think I'm the package. <laughs> and I, am, I haven't asked on a date since last September, October, since last October, I've been asked on a date. Mm -hmm. And at times it was like, oh my gosh, like is something wrong with me and like all these things. And, um, and it's funny. I just finished a book called love, sex and dating by Andy Stanley. Great book. Love Andy. And it, I, and I haven't read that. That's his most recent one, right? I think, I it's, think pre so. it's pretty, did he write that one with his book with his wife, mm -mm, uh, Sandra? Okay. Mm -mm. They've got a new book out, but yes, I'm sorry, but it's Andy okay. Stanley is awesome. He's awesome. He's funny. Yep. And this book is actually written more towards a secular crowd, which was cool, yep. Yep. But, but but he used, you know. Andy's good about it, that. Yes, yes. But anyways, great book. And it's funny. I just finished it like less than a month ago. Mm -hmm. And he said that he challenges his readers to be single for a year. If, you know, you maybe you've been a serial dater, if um, you struggled with sexual impurity, things like that to be single for a year. And it's funny, my year's almost up and it's just cool. Like what God has done in this year, I, I know now who I want to be with. Mm -hmm. And specifically I'll just tell y'all, I mean, 
of course I want to be attracted to him. Like that's how every woman wants to be attracted to a man. Like obviously, but I used to be like, okay, he has to be at least six, eight, at least two fifty, like 100%. I had that. I had that. Big old boy. (laughs) And if y'all, and if y'all saw Summer's dad, you'd know where, you know, his nickname around the ride house is Gaston, you know, Johnny. Big Johnny. <laughs> yes. He's what we in East Texas call a big old boy. <laughs> He's a big old boy. I mean, okay, yeah, that, that was a weird description. But anyways, that was my old um, outlook, I guess. Mm-hmm. And now y'all, like, oh, I want a man. Not, not that I want. I know. I know I'll marry a man that loves Jesus more than he loves anything or anybody else and is kind. Mm. Everything else will fall into place. Yeah. You know, and I haven't met him yet and that's fine because I think God's still showing me things I need to work on before I meet him. But well, that's so cool. And, um, so it reminds me very much because you know, my story, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the girl's mother and I, we, we divorced after a long tumultuous, uh, marriage of 17 years Mm -hmm. and I vowed to never marry again. Mm -hmm. I dated one person after she and I, divorced and knew I wasn't going to marry this person. So basically said I'm out. And my buddies like Jason Smith, who is, if ever there was a, a partner to iron sharpen iron with, I mean, just a disciple nice. brother, uh, him, uh, one of my spiritual mentors and counselors, uh, Lipo, who's mm-hmm. walked through so much with me, who I love and adore. They all said for, for, People that get divorced, it's five years is kind of the magic number. Mm. Wait five years. And I'm like, and Jason had told me this. And so I made this commitment. I didn't even make a commitment. I'm not, that's that's overstating. I don't want to give myself too much credit. <laughs> I just decided I'm never going to get married again. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget. And I, it was during that time when I kind of created my non-negotiables list of, okay, yeah. if this were the plan for me, what this girl would look like, by look, I mean, you know, kind of her character, what, and, and, and yes, you know, looks and Mm -hmm. age, all these different things. And I was going to practice what I preached to the girls, which my, you know, two words I've always told Rylan and Abby, whether I listen or not, who knows, (laughs) don't settle, don't settle. And so I remember I was over in Dallas about, it was probably three weeks before I met Jimlin and a couple of my buddies, we, they got to kind of give me a hard time saying, Jada, will you ever do it again? Will you ever get married? I'm like, no, I won't. I, I said, here's the reason why I said, first of all, she'll have to be in Tyler. Cause I'm not going to go looking for it. And I mean, it's Tyler, it's a hundred thousand people. And I know pretty much everybody that's here. And I just know as I, I probably not Two, I don't want anyone that's ever been married before. I don't, I just, and that's, call that harsh or whatever, but Hey, it's my life, my marriage, my decision. Yeah, and, totally. and so I just, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And which by the way, how unfair that is of me, but there's, again, this is what people don't want to like, don't like to hear is the difference between men and women. Women tend to almost be more attracted to men that have been married. And even if they have children, they find that they find that man more stable. So women mm-hmm. will look at that much differently than a man who sees a single mom. Totally different views of the deal. And people don't like to hear that, but that's just what the data shows. So anyway, I so I had this whole litmus test, uh, not litmus test, just this whole non-negotiable list. 
And so I told those guys, I said, so this girl does not exist. I mean, I'm talking about a serious unicorn here that does not exist. You know, never been married, younger than me, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then lo and behold, about three weeks later, someone says they want to introduce me to Jimlin. Neither Jimlin and I wanted to meet. You know, she was the type of girl like you that was not interested in dating, was just focused on her business. She had had a long relationship and just was like, I'm out. That's not, and whenever it's supposed to happen, mm. it will happen. And so we came together and I'm telling you, it, it is amazing. It is amazing when you just chill out yeah. and trust. You don't go out looking for it. Mm -hmm. And when, when you do find someone, because I think you are so clear headed, mm -hmm. you don't, you haven't gone through this whole dating scene, Bumble, Tinder, and all this other stuff. Mm. Christian Mingle. Yeah, come on. Farmers only. <laughs> farmers only. <laughs> hey, you could have found a really big dude on, big old burly guy on farmers only. It could have been great. Some big old art boy, you know, pig farmer, bailing hay. Yeah. Not for mm, me. Not yeah. For me. yeah. Could have gone to Cowboys. You could have been a good old East Texas girl for a long, long time. I could have been. But anyway, it just, so, I mean, I think I kind of walked that in. It was about the five-year mark. Mm-hmm. Where I met Jimlin. And here's the cool thing. I think when you give yourself that space, mm -hmm. Summer, I kid you not, there, somewhere in, in the, one of the back bedrooms here, there is a, an, a, a, an etched piece of uh, acrylic that is the first journal entry, because I'm a big journaler too, so mm -hmm. I, I fully agree with what you were telling the young ladies. There's a journal entry that I wrote to Jimlin one week from the first time we ever had coffee. And in that journal, and this is one week after meeting her, I wrote, I know I'm going to marry you. And, and the thing is, I, could, I had to tell my journal because my journal wouldn't think I was a freaking lunatic and my journal couldn't talk back. But I knew if I told her that, she would be like, holy, whoa, what? This dude wants to marry And then I couldn't tell any of my friends because I knew they'd all say, pump the brakes. What are you doing? Chill out. I knew everyone would think I was crazy. The only, the only person I could tell or the only thing I could do was tell my journal. So I wrote about it and I started writing and journaling to Jimlin every day from then on. I knew, and I think a lot of that had to do with I had removed, now granted, I was older, I knew what I didn't want, I, mm -hmm. I lived that, you know, and I knew that, I knew how I would want to do, do it better, mm -hmm. and, and all these, and, and, and so, it, but I just think giving yourself that space, like you're talking, like right now, this year that you've had, that is so incredibly important to give yourself just time to Figure yourself out again, yes, and like you, like you touched yes. on earlier, not to just love yourself deeply no, and, and, and no. you know, travel, <laughs> indulge, and you know, get laid as many times no, as possible, yeah. and then okay, got that, then that the whole get it out of your system. Because here's the thing, <gasps> yeah. and I want to touch on this because I think young, I think girls need to hear this. Well, let me let me finish this one thought before okay, okay. I go there. I think you've given yourself time to know exactly what you want. Not only that. Let, now, this is where I want to segue into this. Would you say that knowing who you are and being able to focus on that somewhat has allowed you to understand the type of person, type of woman you need to be to attract yes. the man that you want? Because that's what I see missing. I see all of these women yes. that they do want the... The, the high-value male, mm -hmm. and the, the funny thing is, these uber-progressive women mm -hmm. that believe in just 
if a man can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. I, I can have as much sex as I want. I can drink as much as I want. I can weigh as they then want a high value male. Like this guy, the guy that you described, if he's tall, he's rich, he's ed- he's educated. Mm-hmm. That's a big high. That's a, that one always ranks really high. So women want potential stability and, and, and success. They want a guy. And by the way, this is kind of cool too that you got you girls. A guy doesn't have to be rich. He just has to show some potential. Mm-hmm. He just he just like an education will show that. So that's why a lot of times. A girl will date a guy making 50K, but if he's got a degree from Alabama, well, okay, he's making 50K now, but he's in banking. He's going into investment banking, graduated from Alabama, so he's got the potential. So they look for things like that. Mm -hmm. So would you say that you've gotten to a point now that you know the type of guy you want that you now are are more cognizant of the type of woman that you want to be to attract that guy? Is 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 that coming into play? 100%. And what's so funny is the best dating advice I've ever gotten was from Andy Stanley's book. Mm-hmm. He said, become the person that you want to date. Amen. Right? Yep. And after I read those words, there was there was two things that stuck out to me the most that I want in my future husband. And I wanted to be kind and patient. Mm-hmm. And... It, it really made me look at my life because I think, you know, when you when you do kind of get to a point in your faith where you're like, yeah, I'm on the right track. I don't do these old sins anymore. I, it can become prideful. Oh, I mean, absolutely. 100%. You're like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting it. You know what I'm saying? And really, it's funny. The Lord was kind of like, okay, yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of getting it, but you need to work on another, another thing or two. You know what I'm saying? Which is good. I should never be in a point where, I've just made it because no one's made it. But anyways, you should improve always and always. Yes. yes. Summer. There you go, people. There you go. Right there. (laughs) Tagline. Um, But the, the patience one really got me the most Mm -hmm. because I consider myself a kind woman. Obviously I can work on that. I know that, but patience is something that I know I struggle with. And it was so funny. I just asked God, I was like, Lord, I need your help with this. I, I want people to be on the same track as me. Mm-hmm. I want them to be in it, in it, in it. And if they're not, I'm like, come on, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Because people that don't know me, I'm an eight on the Enneagram. So I'm a go-getter. I'm the type of person that's, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm up with it. And if you're not up there with me, I get frustrated. Mm-hmm. But it's just a difference in personality. It's not that they're less than you at all. And I really saw that struggle in my own life. And it's funny what God's been doing since I saw that about a month ago, he's just given me a lot of opportunities to be patient, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. Like driving with my mom. Oh, I love Sweet Holly. But there's just moments I'm like, oh, come on, girl. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But again, it's just it's just so funny. You you, you can ask things from God and, and he'll give them to you. He yeah. truly will. So, yeah. 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 I could not agree more. And, you know, one of the, and by the way, I just so that, uh, all the women listening that don't don't start you know throwing their cell phones out their their PDAs out the window because I said something about being the woman that deserves a man like what mm. you want. Uh, I mentioned on the podcast that you talked referenced earlier about the sexual purity. Mm-hmm. Um, I said if I had a son, I've told Rylan and Abby, you know, girls, mm-hmm. have your standards, have your non negotiables, mm-hmm. do not settle. Mm-hmm. But understand, with that comes responsibility on you. I would say the same thing to a son. Uh, you know, if Major were my son, your brother, I would mm-hmm. say, 
I'd say major. If this is the, first of all, come up with the type of woman that you want to spend the rest of your life with, that you would like to raise children with, that you, mm-hmm. that would be a life partner that would be everything you've ever dreamed of. I mean, truly understand her heart and what she is, but then it's, you have to live up to yes, that. You have yes, to be a man yes, uh-huh, that is uh-huh. worthy of that girl. And that's a thing that, um, I think a lot of young people, well, just in general, we, we hate delayed gratification, right? We want what we want and we want it now. Yes. And, and it, when it comes to dating, I think that that's what a lot of, um, I think that's what a lot of young people miss is that it's all fun and games right now. And you can say, I don't want to have, I don't want to ever get married. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to do that. Screw it. I, again, I went through that, but here's what happened to me. And granted at the time, I guess I was 42, 41 or 42. So I don't take for granted that I was older, had been through a lot of stuff and it's, and I'm, so I don't at all equate my life experiences to some poor 21 year old dude mm-hmm. or a girl that's decided why would you ever get married? But what happened for me was I was like, I love this life. What I will do is the only women in my life are Rylan and Abby, mm-hmm. and I'll just be able to always go see them wherever they live. As an, I'll be the, that real cool grandpa that shows up and the grandbabies mm-hmm. love me and everything. But then I got to thinking about what's it going to be like at 65 or 70 and I'm alone. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's whenever I decided, okay, it was that that made me decide to go to coffee or at least ask Jimlin to coffee to which she initially said, absolutely not. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it worked out. We're living happily ever yep, after. Yep. And so, you know, I think that for, the, for, for people your age, mm-hmm. you know, you're in this for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And, and setting up, you know, Dave Ramsey, financially speaking, mm-hmm. he says, live like no one, today live like no one else, and one day you will live like no one else. Mm-hmm. If young people could realize and take marriage as this long haul, investment to go if you will live like no one else Mm -hmm. then one day you and someone else a partner Mm -hmm. that you lift up and they lift you up will then live like no one else and you know the thing that's crazy it just occurred to me so you know chances are you're probably going to be married within the next five years maybe you will maybe you won't but Mm -hmm. but there's a pretty good chance you know Mm -hmm. you'd be 26 at that time Mm -hmm. rylan and abby same thing so, gen- so what we're really talking about as far as a lot happens in high school, okay? Mm-hmm. But I think even dudes are like, you know, I told you that all the statistics show that men seek youth and purity. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not Jason Wright saying that. That's just what statistics, that's what men desire, okay? And by the way, it's biological. It's ancestral because yes. they were, men were made to reproduce and women have have a shorter timeline on when they can reproduce than men do. So mm-hmm. it's all, it's not all just men being, we didn't all gather at some convention yeah. in, you know, 2000 BC and go, okay, boys, yeah. we're about Here to, we go. here's how we're <laughs> going to start the patriarchy. You know, that's not how it happened. Yeah. It's a lot of it is just um, ancestral. But a lot, I think what happens is this window between, I guess, 18 mm-hmm. and about 21. So girls speaking to you, and I know, I'm, I know men aren't supposed to speak to women, but I got you here, Summer. Mm-hmm. So we're talking 18, so 19, 20, 21, mm-hmm. four years. So really, if you can crush four years mm-hmm. of the probably 86 you're going to be on this earth, four years, that can be the difference between an exceptional, unbelievable yes. relationship 
that lasts forever with children and grandchildren and legacy and happiness and all that comes with a good, healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. Four years. Yep. Isn't that crazy? I know. I know. That is, mm-hmm. and so if you can just, and I would just say, again, I do have daughters, and I tell Rylan and Abby, and I tell you, congratulations on where you are, because if you can just really manage these four years, just like managing money, mm-hmm. if you can manage your money really, really well in the early stages of life mm-hmm. and create those habits, then the rewards, when it really matters, when you really want to have money, when you mm-hmm. really want to have financial freedom, mm-hmm. it will be there. When you really want relational bliss, whenever you, whenever you're, again, this isn't fair, I get it, but men can be in their 50s and 60s and still date a 21-year-old. They just can. Because again, men and women have different preferences. Mm-hmm. Women, wow, about the age of 50, their options are incredibly limited. Do not throw your phone. Don't punch your radio or wherever you're listening to this. That's just yeah. the stats. Just fact, yeah. So if you can manage that, um, then you have a lot greater chance of having that totally. list later on. Now, let me ask you this. So tell me some of the topics that we're going to hear about on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, I know we've kind of touched on it, but do you have a, like where this leads? Is this a ministry for girls? Is this just, you know, hey, just this is just an outlet. Things that are on your heart, it gives you a place mm-hmm. to go. What what are we going to see with the podcast? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So right now, the weekly post is a Bible study. Okay. Because there's, there's so much awesome content out there that is talking about topics like uh, like sex, dating, um, religious things that really aren't religious, and just, you know, the, the type of Christian questions I think a lot of people ask. A lot of that is out there, thank goodness. But there's not much of just a genuine Bible study over over Scripture coming from someone who has lived a secular life and has lived in Christ, who has been made new. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to be reading my Bible saying, okay, kids, this is what we do today. Like, I, absolutely not. Like, I'm going to take my real-life experience. I'm not, I will. I have. I have taken my real-life experience and what the Holy Spirit speaks through me to say during this podcast. And I'll be honest, like, it's been so cool to see the Lord work through this. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll sit down with this, with this scripture and I'm getting these new revelations I never even thought about before, but I'm reading scripture I read before. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, that's, that's, that's God. That's not me. And so I'll be doing that every week. And then every so often I want to hit on some hot topics. Like today we've kind of really un- unpacked dating and a little bit about sexual purity. And I also want to touch on sexual abuse um, in women and in men. I know it happens in both, but uh, primarily women, just because that is a part of my story, um, sadly. And it's, it's talked about, sadly, in a way now to get attention and not in a way of let's care for these women. Mm. And I know that is so controversial probably. And I'm not calling anyone a liar or anyone wrong for saying that they've been abused in any way. I'm not saying that at all, at all. But I think we can all say that this topic is super hard to navigate. So I wasn't even planning on saying this today during this podcast, but it just placed on my heart. I really think as a woman who has, who has been through that, I am now in a place where I can talk about it and I can just 
be with those women or men that have experienced that as well and that need someone to say, okay, this is what happened, but this is where we are now, you know, and really that place in my life, that's, that's when the Lord turned me around. I was into my freshman year. Like if that would not have happened to me, I would not be sitting here today. I would not have a podcast, not have a blog, whatever. Like I wouldn't be in this, this awesome opportunity that I am right now with Jason, y'all. Like that would not have happened for me. And I'm not saying that everyone's story is like mine, but I am saying that the Lord shines a light on any difficult situation that you ask him to do it to. Mm. And I asked and he did it. And so, yeah, I, I want to talk about that at some point. Um, I mean, kind of fearful to really get into my entire story. Sure. Like um, on a podcast on whatever, just cause, Oh, it's weird or it's hard and, you know, like family listening and people, I don't know. It's just, it's just hard. Yeah. It's yeah. just hard. But, you know, so, so where does that come from? Because that is, that, that's, that requires a lot of boldness, Summer. You are going, and here's the thing. How are you going to deal with the arrows that will come? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people, I mean, if, again, we, we talked about before we started the show today. Mm-hmm. If you are someone that is traditional and you're mm-hmm. saying things like, Hey, maybe pulling the reins on having a lot of sex. Maybe mm-hmm. pull, pulling the re- mm-hmm. you know, pull the reins on all the drinking and mm-hmm. le- leading the hedonistic lifestyle. You, yes, you can just because you can do it, and you 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 can slay queen, but doesn't mean you should slay. Okay, just because you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, how are have you prepared to to deal with that and to the and because I think a lot of women and would love to know it, me men, it's. Hard as hell to be authentic. Brene Brown talks about that a lot. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest things you can do is actually be authentically you and be transparent. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I equated it. I think I ripped this off of Beth Moore from years ago. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, she said something to the effect that most people live their lives in the witness protection program, yes, their whole lives, because yes. they're so scared. If someone knew who I really was, mm-hmm. how have you prepared mm-hmm. to to deal with being authentically you mm-hmm. on a stage essentially yeah yeah it's funny lately in my um time with the lord he's put this on my heart of just there's going to be arrows coming mm-hmm. like literally just verbally telling me you're you're going to lose friends you're going things are going to change for you mm-hmm. And, but also seeing a positive light in that, I'm not saying I have this doom awaiting me. I'm just saying the Lord has been warning me a lot lately. And I just keep going back to this life is but a vapor. Yep. We only live here for hopefully 80 to 90 years, maybe if we're healthy. And then, or we don't get hit by a bus. I mean, you know, and then it's eternity. And we can't even think about eternity right now. And I think that's another issue with my generation is that nobody thinks about eternity. <laughs> it's just what can I do in the moment to get this high, to get this fulfillment, to get A, B, and C, and not about how is this even going to affect me in 10 years, much less my soul, mm-hmm. you know? And just the things that I've been through in my life and the stuff that I've already said publicly. I mean, I had this awesome opportunity to speak at my high school um, a few months ago 
regarding sexual abuse and um, just it was just to girls in the high school and I remember feeling so worried after like what are they gonna think about me what did I I don't know if I said enough I don't know if I said the right thing like just so much spiritual warfare on my soul after I spoke and God just again brought me to a place your life is but a vapor Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're in my footsteps, then you're gonna be fine. Yeah, but yeah. it's gonna be hard, and that's okay. You know, and one of the things I think that um, a lot of people don't realize is that you know, both from the biblical perspective, Jesus mm-hmm. said, "You're neither hot nor cold; you're lukewarm. Therefore, I'm gonna spit you out." So, <laughs> you know, Jesus isn't real big on those that are timid and afraid to speak out and if you do he's got your back and it may but it doesn't look like that doesn't mean it's gonna be easy that means you're never gonna feel pain doesn't you know no, but, no, but but then no, again no. there is so much value in suffering regardless yes. of what it looks like. but then also i think that and i've had to deal with this i'll tell you something i've done on this podcast like having this conversation today and just so the listener knows that tuned in it's kind of like whenever i had Kristen and david limbaugh on it's mm-hmm. like you know people are used to listening to BMI and glucose levels and, you know, or, or Josh Tomlin or some other professional athlete, health and wellness or entrepreneurs. And all of a sudden I've got, I'm talking about Jesus and, um, and their book. And I said, you know, at some point you just have to be bold and authentically you. And my hope is for the listener out there that is secular to know that, um, I love you. I'm glad you're here. I'm not, I'm not here to judge. I'm just Mm-mm. here to be authentically me. So at least you know what you're getting. Yeah. You're like, okay, this dude is is obsessed with self-improvement <laughs> for, because, you know, for, but there's also a guiding principle behind it. At least I know who he is. I, and that's what I want. And same with you. Cause I found that men, man in general, humans are very much the same way. Mm-hmm. If you're neither hot nor cold, mm-hmm. this world will spit you out. Yes. Yes. But yes, if you are hot and even if you're hot in something that they don't necessarily agree with, if they just know who you are, if you're being real, people appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, with this podcast, I kind of got to the place where I was like, well, I want to be the guy that's out there. One that's completely authentic. I don't want to hide the ball. This is who I am. And somebody out there that the messages that we're talking about right now, I would rather have a podcast that encourages that person to be bold in who they really are than be concerned with repelling and losing the listener yes. that, that listens to yes. this and goes, Oh, I'm out that they're mm-hmm. talking about Jesus. Forget that mm-hmm. I am out. And so I commend you for figuring that out because it's, it's so much harder than people think to just step out and go, Hey, this is who mm-hmm. I am. And I'm not doing it to try to get famous. I'm not trying to get popularity. In fact, it'd be a lot easier to just stay in my quiet little life, my yeah. little bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a totally different deal. So, so well done. Now I want to ask you one thing before we go to, because I want to make sure that especially I'm hoping that, you know, by however we promote this, that some young women mm-hmm. will tune in maybe to the Jason Wright show for the first time. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they'll end up being lifelong listeners of your podcast. You mentioned that, you have gone through some changes. So there's been some things that, that like we talked about when we this very started, that there was a moment of counterfeit mm-hmm. uh, good, things that things that were supposed to be promising but turned out to be like mm-hmm. uh, like just a sugar high. Mm-hmm. So now you're walking this life. Mm-hmm. 
for that girl that's listening to this and she's right now, maybe she's in tears because she's hearing this and she's going, I have done so much damage to my life. This jackass Jason, the girl, the guy he's talking about, I want that guy and I'm mm-hmm. the girl that he doesn't want because I've done all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you say to her? How does she reclaim herself? Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like. What do you say to that girl that's hurting hearing these things that maybe she thinks she's just too damaged mm-hmm. to be redeemed? What do you say to that girl? Mm. The first thing I say is that I empathize with you. I empathize with you. And I hear you because I was you. I I never thought that I would be where I am today. Especially my sophomore year of college, being in this one foot in, one foot out Christianity, which is just fully out technically, but that's kind of where I was. And coming from a lifestyle of partying, of needing attention from guys to feel beautiful, I never thought that I could deserve to even want a man that I want today. I would say to you that tomorrow is a new day. Everything is in the past. If you confess what you've done to the Lord, if you truly want to start a new life, tomorrow is your starting line. Tomorrow is your starting line, and it's purely up to you if you want to even start this race. Because the world's going to tell you that you can't, and it's too hard, and they should just go back to drinking, to the attention on Snapchat, to the attention on Instagram, to posing a little too, you know, fill in the blank for the attention. The world's going to tell you that that's much easier, and it is easier. It's always easier to be mediocre. Mm. But I'm going to tell you, the harder route of getting up tomorrow morning and praying and being with the Lord and starting your new life, that that harder route, you will find fulfillment, peace, joy, and just a good life if you go that way. If I can do it, you can do it. Wow. So. Well, I think this has been fantastic. It's been fun. You it's gotta come fun. back. I wanna I want you to I'd love to come back. You be checking in with okay. me regularly this has been so fun and uh for those of you listening out there thanks for uh checking out what we're with this 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 conversation with summer i'm so proud of you again thank you for thank you for listening to the old fart that you know you know rylan abby's dad that gets yeah i got all jazzed up whenever you start telling me what you're gonna and i gotta tell you for those of you out there listening whenever i had this first conversation with summer when she says that she's like a go-getter I would say, okay, you need to go start a Substack, a, a newsletter, a blog on Substack the next day. Hey, Mr. Wright, look, I got it. Here's my first, here's my first blog entry. And so uh, same thing with the podcast. And so to have you on today, I'm so proud of you. I'm thankful. I'm going to pray for you. Thank and you. Uh, I, I just know great things are going to come your way. And the, the cool thing is, I know your heart. And for those of you listening, and for the men out there listening that have daughters like I do, there is a young mentor right there that would be excellent for them to listen to. And I I think that's what you're going to do. This isn't about you. That's the cool thing, Summer. I know this about you. This isn't about you. 
it's about who you can reach and who you can help. And I think you are going to be a safe haven for a lot of young women who are trying, who, who are falling into all these falsities in this counterfeit culture of these promises of glitz and reward that essentially they don't, if they don't, they don't realize till it's too late that they've just been a pawn in this big yes. matrix. They've been in the matrix and they don't even know it. And that's what happened. You, I think you've stepped out of the matrix mm-hmm. and realized, whoa, mm-hmm. no more. And so I'm proud of you. Thank you. You bet. All right. Well, she's Summer. I'm Jason. Thanks so much for joining us on the Jason Wright Show. And remember, to do like Summer's doing. Whatever you do, decide to improve always and always. We're out. <laughs>well, that does it for this episode of the Jason Wright Show. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Texas Titan Media production. Fourth Wall did the music. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Please consider going out to jasonwrightnow.com and signing up for the Vitruvian Letter. Also, please go out to iTunes. It takes like 30 seconds to just leave us a five-star rating. It does wonders for the podcast. I would be so grateful. And with that, until we meet again, go crush it and endeavor to improve always in all ways. I'm out.